Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm here today with our CTO, Jeff Freed. Jeff, how are you? Great. Always good to talk to you, Pete. We're continuing our recap of Microsoft Ignite 2016, as promised last week, with two more terrific guests. Neil Hodgkinson is Senior Program Manager at Microsoft in the SharePoint Product Group, and Mikhail Svensson is Principal Consultant at PuzzlePart and Partner Technology Solution Professional for Microsoft. Both incredibly busy presenters at Ignite this year, and both join us today to share their insights on Ignite from the perspective of search and beyond. Neil and Mikhail, welcome to Shared Insights. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Jeff and I had a chance to reflect on the massive undertaking that is Ignite earlier this week. Neil, I'd like to ask you to kick us off. When you think about the intention of Ignite from your perspective as a program manager at Microsoft, what was your most important initiative to communicate on latest development work? And and do you think your expectations were met? I think for my perspective and from the kind of broader engineering group perspective, there was a clear intention to to bring, obviously, um, demonstrations of new features and capability. But I think um, also one of the, the overriding aspects, I think, from our perspective was to to connect the engineering teams to the, the broader community at Ignite. Um, and from in, in that regard, I think we met those objectives very well. Jeff uh, characterized this as much more of a launch conference uh, than than in the than it has been in the past. Uh, how do you feel about the the reception of the uh, the development launches? Again, from the perspective of the engineering teams, I think it went incredibly well. Um, if you look at the the new. Um, development aspects around, if, if you think about development in it, itself, the core elements around the new SharePoint framework pieces and uh, the, the investments that we've made across that that aspect of, of the product, the feedback that we, we've received there was, was tremendous. I mean, it's been um, quite uh, outstanding, really, in terms of the, the level of feedback. And uh, not just from saying, hey, what a great thing, but also to see the the, the amount of investment that we're making there is uh, very, very good to see. When I came to Ignite myself, I figured, well, there's not that much new stuff, really. Uh, that might be because I'm overly or sucking in information from everywhere I can. But when I talked to a lot of the other people, they, they thought it was a lot of new stuff. And they were actually amazed by uh, as Jeff said, it's a launch event, like everything's coming new. I think a lot of people actually use Ignite as a sounding board to see what's coming and how should they take that information to actually tune their business and see, okay, where should we align, especially SharePoint going, or if we are on-prem, going to the cloud, etc. My intent was to to bring two friends and brilliant people together because over time, the Findability search, the Office Graph, have become more and more integral to Office 365. So I count really five primary sessions at Ignite that had to do with search and discovery. And Neil and Mikhail both both gave one of them. But so many other areas that touch it. So I'd suggest that we start with a quick summary of those two sessions for, for Mikhail, sort of the migration to the cloud for search and for, for Neil, the hybrid search uh, discovery and, and and search with Delve across the great divide, as I call it. 
Sure, I can kick off with mine if you want. So, so I did a small 20-minute uh, theater session on moving or tips and tricks for moving search from on-premises to uh, to the cloud. Basically, just what should you look out for, uh, what doesn't work uh, in the cloud, which might work on-premises, and how do you work around it. The good thing was that uh, the session, which was on Friday, which was actually after the one I delivered, actually had some points or stuff which will now work in the cloud, which doesn't work uh, right now. So basically, there's there's some some pitfalls uh, if you do spe specifically content enrichment and some more advanced stuff on rank tuning, etc. That you can't really do that in the cloud. But then again, my experience is that not too many customers actually do a lot with search. They sort of use it out of the box. So that means uh, whatever's coming might actually be a good thing. You and I talked almost a year ago about the subject about whether Microsoft was serious about search anymore, given the lack of content enrichment. I and I wrote an article back in February uh, as well, which I called, I want to believe where I'm sort of, is Microsoft investing in enterprise search or not? Whereas I think now, even though there are gaps and tips and tricks, those gaps have either been filled by partners uh, like myself or and or the product group is clearly listening and has a, uh, a roadmap to get better and better uh, with a sort of quicker cycle time from the cloud. So that I thought was pretty good. From my perspective, this the session, the long there's a session on Wednesday, um, kind of which is an interesting time to present it's certainly Ignite, where there's been a lot of new announcements already. So you're kind of in a situation where you're thinking about what can I do that's new? And I think from my perspective, the session was was really to designed to get people thinking. Historically, my presentations have been deeply technical on how to implement hybrid capabilities, and specifically search. This session was a little bit different. Um, we did It did touch a little bit on that, but it was designed really to get people thinking about using the, the cloud search service application, almost as like a, a gathering mechanism or a conduit to to populate and, and feed or build uh, search-based experiences um, in both Delve, perhaps a little bit on Graph as well, but primarily search-based experiences um, in Office 365. So we were looking at exposing different types of line of business data, more so than you just your, your regular classic, how do I expose my SQL server data, for example. And I focused on some scenarios that people may not have thought about with search, you know, sentiment type scenarios, um, bringing in other Microsoft new capabilities like Flow, for example. Um, so it was, it was really designed to get people thinking and it, and it did work. There was a lot of um, good feedback about people coming coming to me with ideas and, and what they'd like to see. The next time we deliver this session, there's a whole new range of things we'll bring to the to the field as well. well I think that's something that's that's most interesting to me too. What experiences or what examples did you walk away with that actually inspired you? Uh, any any uh, client examples or inspired stories that you can share with us about uh, about you know folks who have really embraced the work that you're doing and are are looking to implement it in, in a creative way? So for me, it wasn't so much a case of what they've what they've already done. It was more about what they're what they what they're thinking about doing. And there was a number of people who've gone through the, the various hybrid um, implementation features or implemented the various features, and they've they were talking actively uh, on the both in my session and in the in the booth about. Um, what they'd done and, and and how we felt about it, but they were more, they were more traditional, more traditional hybrid like the OneDrive things. I think from a 
from the new experiences people started to think about um if you take the, the sentiment analysis one um, building building search-driven portals using community and social feedback and driving that with search is what i think i had at least half a dozen people who came to me saying that was a really you know impressive concept and something that they want to do kind of going forward and i think that's actually a good point neil because the, the capabilities capabilities are actually there if you just learn how to use them and and like tweak them and or use them to your advantage and don't don't see all the stops which is not there necessarily in online but use a hybrid and, and then just build solution with with all the tool uh, or with the tool chain which is rapidly being bigger and bigger certainly i i felt um in both of your sessions and in the friday session about the new modern search ui a very practical yet palpable level of interest i mean perpetually in this area there are people that are just trying to make things work on a very basic level now i see people getting at more creative scenarios across the board and my time at ignite was 20 meetings a day with people with this kind of idea it was fabulous yeah and i think i mean i've been in the enterprise search space for well a number of years and uh it seems like the capabilities and the customers are actually getting around to my, uh, the thinking I had probably 10 years ago, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> it's good for time to prove you right eventually. Yeah, it just uh, adoption takes time. Well, and that's an, that's an interesting uh, question. I want to get back to that. But, uh, but in terms of creative solutions and creative use of search, Jeff, did you want to talk a little bit about Azure Search and the Rio Olympics? Yeah, that was one of my favorite sessions. Now, of course, at, at BA Insight, we've broadened from working with SharePoint Search and Office 365 Search and the Office Graph to include things like Azure Search and Elasticsearch. So um, my, my head is deeply into this. I'd really recommend looking at that session as, as I would uh, looking at Neil and Mikhail's sessions uh, because it's such a palpable and well-implemented search application that if you look at the directory of events and athletes and scores and videos and write-ups and news all in one place for the Rio Olympics, it's all search-driven and came together very, very quickly. So I loved that session. And that's sort of the beauty of Azure search and that part, I think. I mean, if you're sort of what I call OAM search, where you integrate search into a custom application, I think. Azure Search makes a whole lot of sense because you can do whatever you want. It's very easy to add new columns or new properties and query on them. So definitely. I must have had uh, a dozen uh, organizations come and talk to us about how to leverage that kind of sort of embedded search and surface it in Office 365, which of course we've got a, a, a way to do because Office 365 is is so compelling especially with the, the pace of innovation. Usually when people think about search, it's like, I mean, the search engine is only half the equation, and then the other one is the data or the, the crawling and the schema, right, which you know right. a whole lot about. Yeah, I think for my, my take on the Azure search session, Jeff, was you know, I've, I've really used that application from an end-user perspective, not from a, a kind of an engineering implementer perspective, but the outcome of that whole application was certainly very impressive. Where do you think we are in terms of the life cycle of Microsoft Search? Uh, and and has your opinion been uh, changed or cemented as a result of, of Ignite? 
before Ignite, I didn't actually know what, what they were thinking or what they were doing over at the Fast Office. It seems like uh, the full focus was on doing Delve and Office Graph stuff. Uh, but after viewing the content of that session, which was on Friday, and uh, also talking to some of the guys who work at the Tromsø office up north in Norway, who actually work on the content processing, etc. I mean, it seems like they have a pretty solid roadmap. They, they didn't want to tell me too much, but they're heavily invested in this. And it uh, seems like they have a pretty good roadmap ahead so I, I still believe so i i think we're maybe at the beginning again sort of of a new era of st- uh, stuff which will come uh, come come out and they will leverage the graph a lot more in the default experience as well is what i think primarily I, I, the the sentiment there from from Mikel is on the money as as i i feel myself even from an internal standpoint there was a kind of a period of time where things appeared to be um, or a lack of evolution, should we say, in the search space. But from an internal perspective, you know, I could see things that were going on in terms of us wanting to uh, improve the stability of search, improve the, the, the things people generally had issues with around search, particularly in Office 365. Um, search freshness was always a big concern. So we spent a lot of time and effort investing in those areas to improve that whole capability of search in terms of the it generally being available and stable and i think now you know michael's point about starting again i think we've reached that point now and we're pushing forward now and we'll start to bring in all these new capabilities and start to integrate search into into more and more areas across office 365 and obviously the out, the outcome of that tends to be that our on-premises customers will will benefit from much of that that work as well. Jeff, as a as as a as somebody who builds on top of these services, you have to be fairly eager to to uh, to see this continued. I should say commitment coming from Microsoft as demonstrated at Ignite. Absolutely, and I think there's an enormous amount of heavy lifting that goes on behind the scenes in terms of the ability to run a service at this scale that has capabilities and extensibility. I can certainly point to lots of things that are still broken in lots of places and lots of projects where there's uh, bleeding edge, but I think I live on the bleeding edge. When I take a step back, it's remarkable to me that since the introduction, for example, of cloud hybrid search, which was, what, an October uh, preview and an April GA, we've got dozens of projects. Neil, you would know the numbers, but I would guess that it's well on close to a thousand companies actually using it in production and more importantly the fixes the time from here's a problem to resolution of that problem seems to be going down which i find very heartening so that it's, it's sort of like people took a look at it after introduction and now it's like the water is fine so come on in on that point jeff i think when you talk about the, the fix period time i think we made a very conscious effort to align not just the product engineering team in Oslo, who obviously, or across across Norway, who obviously developed that application and indeed Redmond as well from the crawl side. We also made a very conscious effort to plug in the support organization and plug in Cat, for example, like, you know, folks like myself and, and, and Manas, who you know, to make sure that we were effectively offering a frontline capability for anyone who was implementing that. Uh, cloud search service application and made sure we got a very short path from uh, customers who had issues to direct to engineering so they could they could do that level of uh, fix very very quickly it was a very different model for us i think in that regard i am doing a, a session at enterprise search and discovery about search from the cloud 
And this is a classic example that some of the same things Mikkel was talking about a decade ago, how search would be both ubiquitous, but also invisible because it's sort of powering lots of applications. It's really happening. And it's happening at a lower barrier to entry as Microsoft runs the service. Now, along with that, ease of adoption comes lack of control. I don't know the, the right balance for that, but certainly our customers at BA Insight are increasingly looking towards leveraging the Microsoft cloud to do what's very heavy lifting to run a high-scale search fabric well. And I think we've sort of seen a shift where the enterprise search center was a big or the main place to go where you want to find something which has uh, been rolled out for a yeah, number of years. But also, i always been talking about, well, search should be where you are. And that was starting to happen more and more where actually the, the search coming from Office 365 is coming into Out Outlook, coming into Word, coming into whatever application you're using on your iPad, which I think makes sense because people are very application-oriented, even though applications now cross very much over with the function. But still, I mean, you have different surfaces and you, you just want the results where you are. You, you don't want to think about doing an active search all the time. You just want stuff to come to you regardless what, what you're working with. Yeah, I can't. I, I noticed the introduction of tap within Office so that the application understands what you're writing about and goes and finds content that's related to it using search sort of behind the scenes. That was awesome. I actually almost yeah. missed that. <laughs> yeah. And we built an application that called Related Content at, at BA Insight that, that does that, uh, but with a, a little bit more structure. It's really fabulous. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And I also noticed uh, in, a, in Dynamics, we're starting to build the Dynamics surface at, at BA Insight, that there's a tap into the Office graph from Dynamics CRM as well as document recommendations that are Azure-powered. So this stuff is becoming really everywhere. Back in the day when I worked for IntelliSearch, we actually made a Word plugin as well, which found related content based on the content in your document. So it's, it's all coming back, but now it's coming from Microsoft. So that means the adoption is a lot higher. Can we uh, pivot a little bit and talk about the news around Delve? Who, who is most excited to, to share, uh, of the three of you, to share the latest around Delve? Don't everybody raise your hands at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, Delve is sort of a weird beast because Delve was first launched as a sample application to show uh, results from the Office graph. And then Delve turned into a brand sort of where it was the user profile and your content as well as uh, all the trending content. And then we got Delve Analytics based on acquisition to do analytics on, on emails, etc. And, and now that's been pushed out of Delve again. So that's that's really the question, right? Is it a, is it a mashup between, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn? Or is it is it really, a, you know, a, a, something we should take seriously as a place to surface Office Graph results? I think more and more, I see more uh, people using Delve more and more, and I'm using it more and more uh, myself to actually f using that as a search page to find either if I'm looking for documents or say, I mean, if Neil sent me a document, I would just go, okay, search for Neil's name and then I'll find documents he might have shared me, with me. So I'm using the, the, the people to content hop uh, a lot more using Delve. That's my primarily usage of Delve. I think from a from a Microsoft perspective, one of, when we first, as, as Mikhail said, if Delve was very much a, a sample back in the day. And I think it was a very difficult thing for us to, um, certainly for me, I was, I was I delivered a number of sessions based around Delve on the on the cloud road shows that we did because it was such a 
paradigm shift for people in the enterprise, discover information using a, an application like Delve or a portal for want of a better word. You know, we're very, very familiar with the Enterprise Search Center. But as soon as people started to see Delve, I think they were a little bit scared of it to begin with because it was very new, very different. And that goes for people inside Microsoft as well. Microsoft is generally atypical of many, many of our, our own customers because we, we tend to almost force our own people to use our own our own applications in the very, very early stage. But Delve is something that's become very, very pervasive across the whole uh, workforce at Microsoft. And certainly for me, an example Mikhail gave about finding a document, it, it, Delve is a, is a great place for me personally in my working day to just be connected to the work that's going on around me and uh, be connected to the people that are doing that work. It's a, it's a great hub for that kind of that kind of capability. I actually also use Delve to find my own files uh, as well <laughs> instead of, so I'm not using the OneDrive uh, app launcher icon so much anymore because Delve sort of covers that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So the, there's a duplicate uh, functionality there as well. For listeners that didn't go to Ignite and want to figure out how to get a handle on this enormous amount of content, that there was a great session introducing what's new and what's coming for Delve, where the the headlines were, I'll say, to me, very continued, uh, steady, incremental progress in adding content and signals, but a new set of people experiences that show up throughout Office 365 in the people cards, in the in the profile site, and the Office Graph powering the new team sites. So there's, there's a lot that's new. At the same time, Delve as a destination within Office 365, I now see more of our customers that use it every day as I do, but still quite a number of people that either perceive it as a gimmick or just don't know what to do with it. And interested to see how that rolls out the key takeaway for me is that there's there's more than one modality. You would never use Delve for a research, deep research portal, both because of the level of history and the need to drill in tight. But the discovery of what's going on around me, it's a beautiful thing. As we get into wrapping up here, uh, I sure would love to have your thoughts, uh, Neil and Mikkel, on uh, what you think for those, again, as Jeff said, who weren't able to make it to Ignite, uh, resources that you would recommend they investigate to get up to speed on, on the work you each have done. Are there specific presentations you'd like them to look at of yours or, or other resources that you found interesting that you would like to share? Sure. Thanks. I think in terms of the, the getting started piece, there was obviously an enormous amount of content. If we think about Ignite generally, the the topics we've discussed here. If you are looking for kind of getting started with, you know, how do I how do I discover what this application is all about? The, you know, the, the presentations, myself, Mikhail's presentations are probably great starting points. We certainly referenced others. So I think as you start looking at the content across Ignite, you'll see it. You'll be able to spider across the rest of the content. Um, so that's kind of a, a great starting point. But I think other, you know, other aspects in terms of search implementations is to look at the the people who presented at Ignite. Um, for example, you know, Mikkel's a, a great example of somebody who delivers an enormous amount of content in the broader community around search as well. So look at the people, but don't, don't, don't focus purely on the presentations at Ignite, but use the people that did the presentations to, to follow up on. Um, and certainly in terms of, of blogs and, and that kind of thing as well, we'll give you a great amount of uh, in-depth information to, to start getting, you know, start start the, the, the journey, if you like. Yeah, 
uh, what Neil said. I mean, I, I guess my my blog has a lot of content on it. Uh, also, the sessions we did, which I think is available through the um, tech community site, should, should be searchable uh, at least soon. If you if, if you search as it wasn't launched that long ago, I can vouch that it that it is that all okay. of the sessions and almost all the videos are up in the Microsoft Tech Community, which is the new uh, new site, which I'd, I'd uh, recommend the listeners go to yeah. take a look. Yeah, and all the videos should be on YouTube, I think, linked through that site. So it should be possible to find it. Or if not, I mean, I, I'm not very hard to find. Answer questions frequently, uh, both on the tech community or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. There's, there's a lot of arenas. So if you start looking for information, uh, I think find the people and they can at least point in the right direction if you can't find <laughs> what you're looking for. Well, and, you know, that actually that actually gets to a question that I that I didn't ask. And just from a, you know, speaking both of you personally, what is... It, you know, this is a, a was a obviously a significant undertaking for Microsoft, but it, in my experience in presenting for technical people, they they tend to listen very closely, <laughs> and so the stakes uh, it can be uh, high uh, for for you know speaking to tech uh, technical experts and developer and the developer community. What was your experience? Uh, maybe Michael, you could uh, kick us off. Experience in preparing for an event the the size of Ignite. Well, so this is the first time I had three th- uh, sessions. Uh, I, mean, I don't ex- I don't know exactly how many hours I spent. So I probably spent as much time as I did the first time I presented at the big conference because then I was so nervous. I like practiced and practiced and went over the content. But now I'm I'm more confident with what I'm presenting. And I, when when you know the stuff, it's sort of it's not that you're winging it, but you sort of know what to present and you do sessions other places as well, so you can sort of reuse some of it. So it was it wasn't it wasn't that bad actually. I think Neil actually had more work than I did since he did the full day workshop. <laughs> well yeah I, I had to do um a total of about eight hours of content delivery i, I presented on both the hybrid pre-day and the sharepoint server 16 pre-day um plus delivered two sessions at Ignite as well i think for from a work done there was there was i would say in the two sessions i delivered one of them was mostly new content one of them was was there's content I delivered before. I should say you want to make sure you do a, a good job, right? The audience is there to hear you. You don't want to assume that because you presented this before, there's um, an element of, of familiarity. So you want to make sure that you're on, on the on your game. And as as Mikhail said, if you know the content, it's very easy to deliver a session and try and gauge the session even and make the session more fluid to to the audience that's in front of you, especially when people start asking questions, because that tends to allow you to gauge the expectations of the audience as well. And certainly on the hybrid pre-day, I delivered um, a couple of sessions on um, the whole identity requirements for hybrid functionality, particular for search, and also the the actual hybrid search features as well. The, the, the sheer number of questions in the room, you, bear in mind you've got a room there of people who are, they deliberately targeting an entire day of content on hybrid. And so they, they wanted to get the most out of it, and it, it worked extremely well. You know, I think most people in that room got all of their questions answered. So it let you, it let you kind of become comfortable with the content in that regard. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was nervous because there was a lot to do, but it was uh, it was enjoyable at the same time. 
I nervous. I I just can't help but think based on the dizzying pace of change in in just development and a feature development to make sure that you are, you know, you're you're speaking the current truth. The current gospel has got to be just dizzying. It's dizzying to me to think about. So congratulations on on uh, to both of you for for um, you know surviving through this giant conference. And here's to the next one, uh, Jeff. Uh, final thoughts? Did we miss anything? Oh, there's so much that I'm sure we miss things. Uh, I'm just I love that we were able to have two of the best people on the planet around this area, both of whom I highly recommend their, their sessions and their blogs and material. I, I'll put in a plug for Mikhail's new search toolbox, which is a great uh, tool for SharePoint online search and pledge as usual to have pointers and blogs on the BA Insight site, not just to our own material, but to uh, the best stuff out there in this in this arena. Uh, if you're interested in a general overview of Ignite, there's lots of them, uh, but you can also check our blog at uh, the Be Insight blog. If you have any questions or anything you uh, need help for, all all three of us are uh, are pretty accessible, so don't hesitate. Please, everyone, just scroll down. I'm going to put all the links that we have mentioned in this show in the show notes for this very episode. They're right there, probably on your mobile device. Just scroll up. You can start clicking away as long as you're not driving. That's all That's all we care about. Uh, so uh, thank you very much to uh, Neil Hodgkinson and Mikael Svensson. Thank you, gents, both for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Jeff, it is always a treat, uh, my friend. Thank you for your time and for organizing this conversation today. Absolutely. On behalf of Neil and Mikhail and Jeff, I'm Pete Wright. Thank you, everybody, for your time and attention downloading this show. And we'll catch you next time right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. Mm-hmm.